This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, uh, we're in a series called God's Family, My Church. And we've talked about that God is a God of family. That actually the word father, the word family came out of father. That father and family are really the same word. And you don't see that uh, in the English language. You have to go into the Greek and you see it's actually, it's derived. It's the same word. That God is a God of family and he is into his kids. Just like some of us, or all of us, say, I'm into my kids. That all, it never ends. You're into your kids. You love your kids. Well, that's the way God the Father is. It goes beyond our love for our kids. It goes beyond our love for our, our spouse. It's a greater love, and he is in love with us, and he's for us. And he said that once you accept him as Lord and Savior, you need to be put into a local church family because God has not called you to be alone. He's not called you to live this life alone but he's called you into a group, into a family that you'll be strengthened. And we saw that when you're connected to a family, you will fulfill your potential. But if you're not, you'll never fulfill it because the fullness of what God is doing is through his family. And there's a strength when you're connected to a family. It's a strength that uh, is so strong, such a connection that God says it's like, Jesus is the head and we're the body. How many know that your foot is pretty doggone connected and committed to the ankle bone? I mean, they don't go anywhere apart. They are connected. Well, that's what the, the message or what God said. It's like a member of the body being connected together to the head. So when we're connected together, there's a power. It's, uh, we use a term called synergy, but it's actually a strength because of all the working parts. The Bible says it brings increase to the entire body that we're members of, of each other, that we're connected and there's a strength release and a place of potential and fulfillment that you could never ever uh, uh, get to without being connected and committed to family. I mean, want to be a part of a good family. This is a good family. Let me say this. A lot of things that, you know, I'm ministering about these series, we do. This is a loving family. You're a great family. You're making the difference. I mean, things, lives are being changed. I hear every day good reports of what God is doing because of you, this family. You're part of the God family. And Jesus is very committed to his family. And then he gives us a picture that of the husband and wife. And it says, as they are one body, so is Jesus to his church. And then it says that he laid down his life for his family. And really, a husband and wife, when the right relationship's right, that husband would lay down his life for his wife. For his kids, for his family. 
And that's what Jesus did for us. He purchased us with his life. You were purchased by a person. It took his death to purchase you and give you opportunity to be a part of a great family. Well, pastor, I'm single. Well, so glad you're single. So glad because God, the Bible says that he's called even the single in the family. You're not alone. You have family because we're together doing life. We're in this. God has called everyone to be committed, connected to a church family. In Psalms 92, verse 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Some of you older age people, 90 and above, should be fresh and flourishing. What's the picture here? It's a picture of family from the youngest to the oldest. God is into all ages. He wants the family to look like a mixture. And thank God for the body of Christ, the family of God. We're from all different backgrounds different education, different race, whatever, and he brings us together as one. Awesome. The family of God. But notice here, it talks about being planted. That means you're wholeheartedly committed. You're committed. It's not a casual relationship. You're planted in. That means you're unmovable. You're there because God has called you to be planted in that family. Many people don't understand the importance of church family. They disconnect, and they wonder why things aren't flowing, things aren't going right for them. It's because they've uprooted themselves, and they need to get back and be planted in church family because we need each other. None of us are called to be alone. And some of us guys, you know, we say, I can make it on my own, don't need anyone. Well, it's not true. The truth is we need each other. We need each other. So family's a mixture of the youngest to the oldest. And even if you're 100, we still need your wisdom. We need your encouragement. We need your faith. You're needed. And the Bible says you can still bear forth fruit. You can be fruitful even in old age. We here put great emphasis on, on kids, on nursery, all the way up. You know, Jesus was in the children's ministry. He was. Look and see how many times children came to him. He ministered to them. Even the disciples got upset. You know, they said, Jesus, you're in adult ministry. You're not in children's ministry. Let's get rid of these kids. And Jesus got on to his disciples and said, you don't understand. My ministry is to all ages God the Father wants a family of all ages. In fact, you need to come like, become like these little children. They receive easier than you do, my disciples. And he ministered to the kids. You know what happens? Once you become a parent, you're married, you become a parent, welcome to children's ministry. <laughs> well, I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. <laughs> in the children's ministry. Parents, grandparents are in the children's ministry again. 
That's what happens. Children's ministry. What's that mean? The greatest priority of your life is to give them Jesus. The values and principles of the Word of God that they can walk them out. You know what the church does? Children's church in the church family is to support your ministry at home. Your ministry at home. Same with youth. The youth ministry is support the ministry, the youth ministry that's coming out of your home. It's a support. And we have an awesome youth ministry here. And great things are happening there. And they went to a camp, Youth America, and they had a blast. And we're going we're to look at this video. So take a look at this. most enjoyed about camp were first on Wednesday night when I was able to take care of some problems I've been having for the past few weeks. They've been bothering me and with the help of leaders there and a few of the other students I was able to take care of those and haven't had a problem with them since. And then on the last night of camp I had um, one of the students come up to me and as soon as he saw me he almost dove into my arms. We didn't even have to say anything. He just was crying and he made me start crying a little bit and then the presence of the Lord felt so strong. It was truly amazing. My name is B. Troche, and my son is Dominic Troche. And Dominic attended his first church camp, Youth of America, and he really enjoyed it. And I just want to share with you the changes that I saw in my son and how wonderful this camp was for him. Prior to him going, he's always been a very quiet, shy person. And after coming back, God, it just seems like God's love was just poured into his heart. And it seems like God just took away that, that desire to play video games. It's just amazing. And then the things that I see when I ask him to do something, he just gets right on it. And it's just like, it's amazing to see the changes in him. And I just want to just thank the staff and the volunteers that just put their hard work and commitment into this uh, camp. Um, and I just want to praise my Lord Jesus for my son, Dominic, and, and just watching him grow. We rise, rise. There's a lot more testimonies. This is all brief uh, testimonies because we could spend all day. But I want us, uh, where's John? Where's Mandy? Y'all stand up. Let's, let's give them. 
Let's have their whole team. Every, everyone who works with the youth, stand up. Anyone who works with the youth, youth ministry, stand up. Let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome people, and they're doing a great job, and camp just continues for them uh, Wednesday nights, and they're just going all out for God. Just appreciate them so much. You'll see in your notes there, how many, anybody not get their notes? Lift your hand. Or you can look online. It says, my church, and there's a blank, says, enjoys life. Enjoys life. I was saying, how's church supposed to be? Church, I believe, should be fun. I believe you can have fun and learn about God and learn about His Word. And, you know, me growing up, there are some not-so-fun times when I think about church because I got so many dead gum spankings. <laughs> it's bad, but, I mean, it's just the way it was. And, I, you know, it got to where we just sat at the, at the door where it was just a quick exit where I could go out and get my spanking. <laughs> so that, that's a lot of my thoughts about church, you know. <laughs> And, and later on, I started enjoying and learning uh, about God, but I still I had this mindset that if I really surrendered everything to God, He's going to make me do something I don't want to do. You ever had that thought? You know, it's going to be, um, He's going to make me go somewhere I don't want to go. And really, that's not the truth. You know, it's like if I give Him my life, my life ends. But the truth is, if I give him my life, my life begins. That's the truth. But we should have fun. We should be a, a church where we gather together and there's life. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. There is an enemy. He's out to destroy he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your life, your business. He wants to destroy your health, your finances. He wants to destroy your influence. He wants you to suffer. He wants you to have pain. He wants you to give up on God. He wants you to turn and go the way of the world, which is really after him. He is out to steal, kill, and destroy. That says Jesus came to give us life. Say life. That tells me that we should be a life-giving people. That we're not to represent death, we represent life. So church should be a life experience. Say life. life. Yes, he died for our sins, but the Bible says he was raised up. And when he was raised up, we were made alive in him. Buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. Not death, life. So we have the answer. We come not with judgment, but with mercy and peace and love. And we have the answer. We can give them life. Say life. That means that, that worship, what if we have just a passion for God that we just let the life out? Life, and that's what we have. Our worship, we're full of life, enthusiasm for God. I don't know if you've ever thought this. Uh, 
I heard someone talk about if God is in control, he's doing a terrible job. And the truth is, if I could have talked to this person a few moments, you know, but it's, it's kind of like you just hear this blurb on TV, if God's in control, you know, we're all doomed because he's doing a terrible job. But the truth is, God's not causing these things to happen. And when you study his word, you find out that man is the problem, that we rejected truth if you go to the garden, you don't see any sin, you don't see any suffering, you don't see any hurt, you don't see any disappointment, you don't see sickness, you don't see these things. But when man sinned and perverted that authority, God had given man authority, misused that authority, then came suffering, then came disappointment, pain, then, then came uh, all these things that we don't want any part of. God didn't do it. He's not causing it to happen. These wars, these terrible things that are happening are because of man, not because of God. There is coming the time that the king of glory will come back for a kingdom and establish his kingdom on the earth. You know what there's going to be? Peace. No wars, no rumors of wars. No pain, no suffering, no disappointment, no hurts. He's coming back. But we're to be a life-giving church. A life-giving church. We need to love life. Have a high appreciation for life. Not just appreciate the finish line, but appreciate the journey. Because if you're just appreciating the finish line, you're missing out on most of your life because most of your life is processing towards that line, <laughs> towards that goal, towards that dream. I know playing basketball that we love to get to the, the games and, and all this, but after the, the season, you missed your teammates. You, you missed them. And I saw Michael Jordan, they asked him, what do you miss most about basketball? He said, it's the practices. It's time with my teammates. It was the, the, the travel, being together. It was the process. He didn't talk about the championships. He talked about the process. We've got to enjoy the process. Enjoy where you're at. Embrace life and enjoy it. We need to love life. How do we do that? When there's bad news or things aren't going right for us, joy is a mark of Christianity. Joy. You can have joy when all hell's coming against you. It's an inward, deep emotion, force of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. That, that peace inside that can cause you to have joy. Why? Because you know that God is with you. Even though you just lost your job, God is with you and He will turn those things that seemingly are for your defeat and for your bad, He'll turn them around for good. I can have joy knowing He has a better job for me. He's got something better for me. Because I keep looking to Him. I keep my eyes on Him. Have you ever been around some Christians that have no joy? 
Have you ever been around some mean Christians? I have. Look like they've been baptized in vinegar. And you don't want to go witnessing with them. Because they look so grim and so distressed. You know, would you want this Jesus? And I wouldn't take him. I'd say, no, I've got enough problems. <laughs> There's an evangelist. Um, he'd take a team to New Orleans and uh, go down there and win souls and during uh, Mardi Gras, and great time to go. You know, you can really get people saved. They're all drunk, so they, they'll say yes to anything. <laughs> anyway, he told about this, this one guy that um, he was upset because he was being witnessing, witnessed to because he, you know, he thought he was a Christian. How dare you witness to me? And he goes, I want to tell you something. My father was a demon in the Baptist church. <laughs> and the guy witnessing to him, you know, he's trying to be nice, you know, and he said, uh, you mean deacon, don't you? And before, you know, he could even respond, the girlfriend goes, no, he means demon. Don't be a demon in your family. <laughs> John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. Paul was the best on this. I mean, he goes to prison. He starts a prison ministry. starts writing letters. says, if you don't stop talking about Jesus, we're going to kill you. He goes, oh, great. It's better if, if I go. <laughs> Now, what do you do if a guy like that? 2 Corinthians 6.10, and you can read this whole thing. He says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing all things. See, Paul recognized no matter what it looked like in the natural, he was so rich spiritually that he had God on his side, that God was within him, and this was just a temporary thing because he was going over. Because God was with him. Rejoicing. Everybody just rejoice for a second. Say, thank you, Lord. Rejoicing. Rejoicing no matter where you're at. No matter what you're going through. How do we enjoy life? Number one, quickly love God. Be in love with the Lord. Fall in love with him. That means you got to spend some time with him. Many times we're too busy. Spend some time with him. Uh, Ecclesiastes 2.25, because no one can eat or enjoy life without him. I really believe that. True joy and enjoyment of life only comes from knowing him, from serving him. Everything else is counterfeit. I believe many of the duties and disciplines of the Christian life that, you know, we're taught to do and everything really is more of a byproduct of my love for him. Once I realize 
and understand how wonderful he is and how much he's forgiven me and all that he's done for me at the cross, that finished work and his grace and all these great things he's done for me, it's no longer a duty you may not get to. It's not a got to, it's a get to. It's a byproduct of my love for him. Because I want to please him. I want to, I know that he has those things that are best for me. Psalms 36, 9, you are the giver of life. Your light lets us enjoy life. Psalms 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Restore, you know, many times we get too busy and we lose the joy of our salvation. You need to get that restored. You need to fall in love with God again. Number two, love people. Don't let people get under your skin. Hurting people hurt people. Someone's hurting, recognize they need Jesus and start praying for them. Doing what you can, but don't let it get under your skin. First Peter 3.10, for let him who wants to enjoy life see good days, keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from guile, treachery, deceit. Jesus attracted tax collector prostitutes, those that didn't have it all together, Jesus attracted them. Think about Paul. Paul was called into ministry on his way to persecute the church. He was on his way. You know what that tells me? God is bigger than your baggage. God is bigger than your past. Don't tell me God can't use you. He will use you if you'll make yourself available because he's bigger than your past. He's bigger than anything you've done. He's an awesome God. We got to love people. We got to be there for them. 1 John 3, 18, little children, let us not stop. Uh, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them and show it by our actions. I'll never forget one day years ago, I hugged a, a lady as she was leaving church and she broke down and started crying. And I asked her what was wrong. And she said that her father never hugged her and never said, I love you. And she sent me this letter and, and saying how for that second it felt like God the Father was approving her or loving her. You never know. They might look great on the outside, but you never know. That heart, they might just need you to smile at them, encourage them, reach out to them, love someone. It makes a difference. We have some people that went on missions trip to make a difference, to love people, to reach out and touch those where they could know Jesus and be forever His, be a part of His family. Let's take a look at this. Yesterday we did, uh, I got to be with one of the little girls named Tiara, and um, I found out last night that her parents had died, and it was amazing whenever I realized that, that she was like, you know, she still had a big smile on her face, and she was still really, really happy, and um, last night I got to lead her to Christ, and I'm pretty sure that was like one of the happiest moments in my entire life, so that was amazing. We're Rick and Susan Bennett, and we're just really grateful for this amazing week that we've had this week. Uh, the Outpost of Freedom Mission Base is really just birthed in our hearts to 
take uh, an opportunity for short-term teams to tap into a long-term ongoing relationship on the reservations and in Mexico and other places around the world where we have connections. What's important is that, as Rick says, to not have a drive-by mission trip. Blow in, blow up, and blow out. <laughs> but to really connect to something that's life-giving and ongoing. And we have seen that happen this week with these youth groups. They have been so powerful. It's been really anointed. So many lives have been touched, and it's been a wonderful opportunity. The other purpose of the mission base is to give teens and other young adults and adults the opportunity to do some things outside their comfort zone and we've seen a lot of that this week too absolutely to have four teams from four different churches come together with such unity that was the yeah. most rewarding part there was a lot of ministry that went on kids were their lives were saved they were baptized with the holy spirit we're here tonight after midnight on the final night of a, of a week of ministry and it's just we're just all full of, of god and of his goodness and all that he's done we want to say thank you to all of you that prayed that supported that uh, supported prayers and financially to uh, pour into the lives of the people that came on this trip. And maybe you need to be with us next year when we do this again. We hope to see you soon. God bless. Thank you, Lord. It'll change your life getting getting away from the comforts of home and going out. And we, we always have opportunities. We have uh, ministry connections, and that's on your heart. We can get you out of the country. 
<laughs> and you'll appreciate here and all the comforts we have. Number three, going quickly in your notes is serve the world. You should recognize by now this is our vision. Love God, love people, serve the world. How do you enjoy life? You love God, love people, and serve the world. That's the way you enjoy life because that's the will of God. Um, Titus 2, uh, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Zealous. We represent God in the earth, and we got to have that zeal. We got to let the light shine and bring others into the kingdom, into his family. You know, Jesus came for people. And now our mission, we're sent, just as he was sent, we're sent to bring them in. First Peter 2, 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the Old Testament, they had the Levites that heard from God and they spoke for God. You know what the New Testament Levite is? You, the family of God. We hear from God and we speak for him. We have a mission. We have a job to serve those around us. What do we serve them? The author of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one that has, has served, and we want to honor her. I'll ask Lisa Finney if she'll come up. No, it's a six years. Okay. It's a no. Okay. Oh. Oh, I have. Okay. Okay. Uh. Thank you. So anyway, she was a preschool coordinator for like six years, and one thing about Lisa that I really enjoy is that she's so creative. I used to couldn't wait until I'd go in her room and find out what she had planned next. Then, um, and then she would go out. And the other thing I like, too, is how she could find things for on sale. Just really, really. That's one thing Experience. you need to teach me, you know. <laughs> So anyway, and if you can look at her room, she did all that painting, plus I think her daughter helped too, which is incredible. Freehand and son-in-law. Okay. All right. And uh, so any of y'all that have not seen the room, you could go by there and just peek your head in and see the great work that she has done. And she's just been very faithful and loyal. And, and the one thing that I just really love about her is, that she loved the children that she had in her room and that far surpassed anything that, you know, she gave to us. And I think you have something. Well, I just, uh, she's a genius, but I... She became a, a full-time teacher and she was just... What was the uh, award... Teacher of the Year. Newsbank. What? Newsbank teacher. 
Oh, sorry, I didn't know you put your phone up. Just new, new sped. New sped. New sped. Oh, sped, special. Thank you. I was just sped. Sped was, I was thinking, speed, sped by. She works with special ed uh, kids, and uh, which she puts in a lot of nights. It, this is a ministry that she's doing. She's loving these kids. Lummer, um, it'll just melt your heart when you talk to Lisa and she tells you about these kids. Uh, she's tried to bring some of them home, and George Vito, no, no, he wouldn't, but uh, couldn't do it. But I mean, she actually wanted to, to parent them because of the way uh, they were being treated and everything. So she has, uh, she's still serving in Life Changers, you know, everything. She's just not heading it up. Uh, Ashley uh, Levine, where's, it's Ashley, she's in Life Changers. Well, that, that figures. She's in uh, Life Changer. She is heading up that department now. But uh, oh, there she is. where is she? Stand up, Ashley. <laughs> Give Ashley a hand. <laughs> Ashley's doing a great job. We appreciate her so much. But uh, Lisa has a heart for Africa, and we're going to pray her into Africa for a short-term <laughs> trip. She does. She's always said that. But we have this. This is a small token uh, Lisa, the church family, it's not, not enough. It's something we want to bless you and, and thank you. And love you. Come up, George. We're going to pray for them real quick. There goes the baby. Savannah, catch up, baby. <laughs> you can come up too, Savannah. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for Lisa in this service. We thank you, Lord that she receives back, as you promised in your word, those that serve, those that love, those that give, Lord, receive back. And we thank you for uh, meeting every need. We thank you for increase and full provision in their lives. We thank you so much, Lord, even her service at camp, Lord, through the years, everything she's done. We thank you so much for this servant's heart and this one that loves children. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless them as grandparents in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let's give them a hand. <laughs> she didn't know that was coming, so she, she, did, she did extremely well. <laughs> I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. If today you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, it's the most important decision that you make in this lifetime. He died for you that you could be a part of this family. He loves you so much. And he says, come to me. How do you do that? You just surrender and say, Lord, I want you. I give you my life. And he will, he will hear that prayer. And he'll take you into his family. And you'll begin a new life, a new adventure not going to ask you to come down, but we can pray together. No one looking around. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, I want Jesus today. I want to get this settled. Or maybe you prayed this before, and you know you're not connected with God. You need to get it right. If that's you, just lift your hand. And we'll pray together. And Jesus will do what only he can do. He will love you and accept you into his family. The Bible says you'll become brand new. He will wipe away the past.
and give you a new heart for a new start. Let's pray together. Say, Dear God, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I surrender, Lord. I give you my life. You gave your life for me. You took my sins. You took my punishment where I could have your life. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. I now belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.